This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Meredith Stepien, and she talks to me about her love of Jane Austen. She's definitely a fan of all of her books and has even ventured into some of the unfinished works of hers. She has watched all of the adaptations and has many differing opinions on their quality, mostly based in uh, changes that the adaptations make to uh, make the story seem more romanticized or cinematic when, you know, one of the qualities of Jane Austen as a writer is her simplicity and the constraint involved in the people that she's writing about and how everything is such an age of manners and everything has to be just so. And that's definitely one of the things Meredith likes about these books and exploring this world is, you know, contemplating all of the rules of the era that they take place in. I wasn't sure of this going into the conversation, but I've since looked up that uh, none of Jane Austen's novels were ever published under her name during her lifetime. Sense and Sensibility was actually published as just by a lady, which is so wild to think about for me and then subsequently most of her other books were just published as by the same author as Sense and Sensibility. So that was something where Meredith knew that they had been published anonymously but uh, I looked up a little bit more detail on it and her cause of death is relatively unknown. Uh, It's been attributed to Addison's disease and perhaps Hodgkin's lymphoma Um, neither of us was sure about that during the conversation either. So now it's just cleared up and you can enjoy the chat. Meredith is a member of Team Star Kid who produces a number of musicals, uh, over the course of the last, gosh, a decade plus. So you may be familiar with her work via that. She also performs regularly at the IO Theater especially with her Herald team, Cecilia. So you can catch her there many times a month. If you want to listen to some non-Star Kid music, you can listen to the Nerdalogs album that was just released last week. It's called Endless School Year. You can find it on SoundCloud on the Nerdalogs page. It's at our website. All these things are up for grabs for you. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this conversation. I'm trying to learn how to use Photoshop on photos. Oh, yeah. You say you're taking a photography class. Yeah, I'm taking a photography class, and um, I'm just trying to learn how to use Photoshop. And I'm like, I was getting really frustrated because some of the stuff I learned in class wasn't popping up. Yes. I don't know why. It's really not intuitive, No, I don't think. It's and, really hard. And there are a lot of, I find with that and with uh their video editing software, but probably in general, video editing software is like not intuitive. Uh, 
to figure out where all the features yeah. are and how to do. You can know what you're supposed to do and still not be able to yeah. find where you do it. Yep. So it was really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wish my teacher was here. Yeah. It's where's my teacher? <laughs> teacher. Uh, but you know, learning something new mm-hmm. every day. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I did well today was remove some, like, you know how you get gray spots on your eyes? Yeah. I like removed one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I was really proud of that. Good. And right. it didn't look too weird. I was like, Brian, will you come look at this? Does anything look weird? He was like, no. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> that was my big moment. This is a test yeah. <laughs> of myself. Yeah. Just learning. <laughs> there you go. There you go. My guest today is Meredith Stepien, and we're going to discuss her love of Jane Austen. Yeah. And all of her novels therein. Yeah. Is that okay? Or has somebody already done this? No. Actually, I'm surprised that no one has. Okay. Yeah. Good. Where does the origin of your love for Jane Austen start? Man, I get, well, I got really into Jane Austen in college, but my origin with, like, my obsession with, like, the 1800s is, like, (laughs) childhood. I don't know why. Actually, when people come to my parents' house, they're like, it all makes sense now. (laughs) Because my mom loves antiques, and I mean, there are certain rooms in my house where I go sit in them, and I'm like, there's not other than like maybe one, you know, plug or or you know, outlet. Uh huh. I can't tell that this isn't a room from the 1800s. Wow, <laughs> it's that mm-hmm. curated. It's really curated. So people say that about me, which I'm like, okay, maybe that is where it came from. <laughs> I also really loved Beethoven when I was younger, and I was really into like movies and things surrounding Beethoven. So there's this one. Um, it was a set of cassette tapes, but they also made little VHS like short movies about it but they had like a series on different composers and my favorite was um mr beethoven lives upstairs oh wow which is like this story of like that uh, sounds vaguely familiar to me Mm -hmm. that's the one people remember there's also like mr bach comes to call um there are a bunch of different ones but anyway i totally agree with you that the beethoven one is the one that rings a bell it rings a bell i think that like sometimes people would see them in class oh yeah maybe yeah but this was one it was like a it was like this young boy named Christoph. Mr. Beethoven moved in upstairs and um, lived in the apartment above him. Mm-hmm. And so, and also wrote his ninth up there, which um, it's fictional, but he did live in a different apartments. Um, like that and would get kicked out often and they took some of the stories that are about Beethoven and put them and just, just slammed yeah, them all together co- yeah just consolidated them into one fake story but the there's this one scene where the boy um Christoph like this man comes out he's like Mr. Beethoven needs more pencils <laughs> and Christoph is like sent to go buy pencils and he runs through like the 1800s like streets of, of Vienna looking for pencils and his like shoes are like clip 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 on like the stone streets and like I was so obsessed with that just aesthetic that one <laughs> specific yes, thing yes. and I would put on these shoes that made a clicky sound and run around my basement which was cement floors and just yes. be like clip clop clip clop for a really long time that's so funny that it, it wasn't even, you know, I really got to dig into this Ninth Symphony. It mm-hmm. was specifically, it was like I got to get, a, I got to clop around in, yeah, the, I gotta in clop. the streets of yeah. Vienna. <laughs> so there's something about like Regency era that I've always 
I just have loved it. I and I still like I love the Empire Waist dresses. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't too over the top like, you know, the earlier 1700s. That's a good point. It's not mm. quite, you know, there's not the, Hamilton's. Yes, like. exactly. There's there's not the introduction of, you know, too much technology or, um, you know, machinery yet. Yeah. So we're not in like the late 1800s or even mid 1800s. It's like just that sweet spot of like 1810. That's really... <laughs> That's so specific, and I love the idea that it still may have been, like, uh, subconsciously nurtured into you. It's just in me. And, yeah, I think it—yeah, so it might be from my parents, probably. Um, What do they do? Are they just, like, enthusiasts of the era as well? Yes. Yeah, my mom has definitely a very classic style um, aesthetic. She loves to go, you know, chop flowers in the backyard and put Mm. them in a vase every day. Yes, yes. Like, candles have to be lit at dinner. We were very proper. Like, we had um, manners lessons with Mm. my mom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and everything was served in these beautiful dishes that have been passed down in our family or whatever. How many siblings do you have? Just my brother. Okay. And uh, how, did, how did he do with all that? Um, I think it's probably a little bit in him as well. The, I I figured that it feels like it's got to go one way or the other. Yeah. You're either on board and you kind of consume yeah. it or you're just like, no, 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 yeah. it's, this is BS. It's definitely a little bit in him, just a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. when Once you got to college, oh, yes. what was your introduction? So, um, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a funny story. Well, okay, so me and Sarah Ashley, who's also an improviser here, mm-hmm. we both watched Sense and Sensibility together, and I remember we were both just like, oh my God, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And then I watched... Um, the Emma Thompson? Yes, the Emma Thompson version. And then I watched the um, new Kira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice with my grandma, and I made the connection like, oh, this is the same author sure. this is the same i was like i like this right oh because it's the same right so right. i had this kind of like realization and then um and then my boyfriend at the time was like oh my ex-girlfriend was really into jane austen and i was like oh uh, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything <laughs> so then i like kind of kept my interest a little like secret from him oh my for gosh. no reason you just didn't want it to like yeah. bring up this so yeah and I remember I was reading Harry Potter for the first time at the time too wow. I, yeah that was my first time reading Harry Potter so I when I was at his place I would read Harry Potter and then when I was at my <laughs> dorm room I would read Jane Austen it's so funny and um it was kind of funny because I had this moment where I told him I was like by the way I have to tell you something. I was like, I've been really into Jane Austen. He's like, why would you not just tell me? And I was like, I don't know. That's good. That he was like, it's weird What's you didn't just you? mention this. Instead of being like, how could you be into the same thing my ex was yeah. into? Like, what a weird response that would have been. It was so obviously yeah. you making it into a weird and thing. Yeah, it was me making it a weird thing. And it became like a silly inside thing between me and my girlfriends. <laughs> Where my friend, my friend Maggie and I did a project. I think it was just... Was it a dialects project? I'm not sure. I think it was a dialects project where it, we were learning, like, is it RP English? Is that what it's? Mm, Royal. Uh, yeah. RP. Man, I wish I remembered this stuff. Yeah. RIP? Not RIP. That's what <laughs> <laughs> Is it RPGs? I'm not sure. Uh, 
Yeah, RP sounds right. Yeah, I I took an actor's voice class as an elective at some point in my college career, and that would be the only thing I was drawing yeah. from. But that was a decade ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was RP, and and we um we decided to watch the six hour. BBC Pride and Prejudice, obviously the superior, and and like since then has become like my ultimate go-to go to. comfort. Yes. I watch it several times a year. As soon as that like that opening music starts, it's like a little valve opens in my spine and like lets juices run down. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm just like instant comfort. Like ding, 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 ding. I'm like, eh. <laughs> so anyway, will you sit in? Watch and enjoy the whole thing, or is it more just like a background folding laundry? A little bit of both. Okay. Having it on in the background definitely just warms the atmosphere in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then there are times when, and I'll usually like restart it. Like I'll get through the full six hours and be like, yes. just start it over. And yes. like, <laughs> it's nuts. I love that though. But I'm a rewatcher, rereader. So. So have you read her books a bunch too? Yeah. Wow. I read most of her books. Mansfield Park, I've only read once, and I'll. I might never read it again. Maybe I will. Not a fan. It's just not. And there's no movie version either that I really enjoy that much. So uh, it's just not really a part of my. A, a lot of fans feel that way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is that sets it off? The the heroine of the book, I just don't. It's almost like the, the woman who's meant to be kind of the um, antagonist of the book is almost more who I connect with. Oh, interesting. And a lot of people feel that way because the heroine of the book is very like, you know, she's kind of portrayed as like weak and like sad and and she's in love with her cousin and he always is babying her. And it's like that's supposed to be the romantic connection, I guess. Yikes. Oh, because she's already the kind of like Mm -hmm. diminutive. She's very like, yeah, and her life is is very sad and hard. And it's kind of like the whole storyline is like, oh, now she's suddenly very beautiful and everybody thinks she's beautiful. And I'm like, that's not the fun focus of this story to me. I don't think this is fun. Sure, yeah. It Um, it doesn't feel like it has enough... uh, commentary to Mm -hmm. make it worth being lame. (laughs) Yeah, and then the antagonist of the book is this woman who's set to marry her cousin, who's very, like, forward-thinking and, like, you know what, what's being proper all about? And You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kind of like, she's cooler. She's got some points. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just not into it. There's, like, other, and there's other, like, things about it. In the movie version, they tried to add in this part where, like, they kind of, touch on slavery they they touch on slavery a little bit in that book just that the father was involved in the um east indian trading company Mm -hmm. and but they and they like barely touch on this fact that somebody and i can't even remember if it's that book or there's another book where some some somebody is like oh we're against slavery Mm -hmm. um but that's kind of it. But in the movie version, they really latch on to this, oh, that he wow. was part of the East, East India Trading Company. And they, like, have this whole scene where they reveal, like, his journal is full of these drawings of, like, terrible things that hap- that he witnessed, like, um, happening to slaves and stuff. And, and it's kind of – they just try to, like, really – they really it about that. Yeah. And they also make her an aspiring writer. They really try to spice it up. That's so, <laughs> like – <laughs> it feels sacrilege it's to like really come weird. in with to, for a book that is from such a classic mm-hmm. author and just be like, you know what? 
I think we can. <laughs> we're going to grab onto these tiny little details and try and, like, explore that, which I can appreciate at, to some degree. But at the same time, it's like, it was just like, this is this is weird. And I, and I remember I saw the movie before I read the book. And I was oh. like, then I read the book. And I'm like, oh, wow, the book sucks. <laughs> <laughs> were you expecting it to have some of those more yeah. embellished moments? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Where did that fall in her career, why do you think I, it was? I think it was her last book. Mm. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that, man. I had a, I had a Jane Austen book club for a while. Really? Was like, it was all online, and that was the, my first time going through all the books and um, really exploring them. And so I remember I knew all these details at one point, and yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that it was her last book, um, and that it and a, a lot of fans. Are like that's my least favorite because it's just not her. It she lost it. She yeah. It just <laughs> seems like she was like maybe getting older and more proper or something and less spicy. And yeah, that was <laughs> I guess gonna be my follow up question is, uh, and you know, just to the best of your knowledge, it mm-hmm. doesn't. Uh, uh, we're not looking for you know an archival factual recording here, but. Yeah. What did her career kind of do to her lifestyle, and uh, how do you think it may have affected her writing? Well, so her she was published um, anonymously, right? And she remained pretty much anonymous until um, after her death. She died young. She died in her forties. I knew that she died relatively young, mm-hmm. but I would not have known that her whole career was pretty yeah. anonymous. I, it was it was pretty anonymous. I mean, there were like so. Her first book that was published was, I believe, Northanger Abbey. Mm-hmm. That was her first book that she wrote. But Pride and Prejudice was the one that like blew up and was right. like people loved it. And I think that people did find out afterward afterward that she was the one who had written it. Um, but it wasn't. It didn't like skyrocket her to fame or anything like that. Um, her brother is the one who had to publish for her just because of the, you know. Um, limits of gender and was everything did you use a pseudonym or she i think it just said an anonymous man i should have looked all this up before it was (laughs) like okay i'm sorry i feel like i'm quizzing you fine um and i think it just said an anonymous it just might have just said anonymous or it might have said an anonymous person or something wow that is like i feel like that adds a whole Mm -hmm. different air to yeah the how many, you know, books she yeah. wrote and how widely consumed, like, it seems a lot of them were. You know, it's like you said, even if Pride and Prejudice is kind of the most well-known and the thing that really took off her, I mean, yeah. the list is long. You know, yeah. she's still, uh, like, even for a short career yeah. and to have done it all anonymously is so wild. And it's crazy. I went to her house in England. Yeah. Um, the one is in Chawton. Chawton. It's in this little cottage, which she had to go live at um, with her on her brother's estate because her mom and sister and her couldn't afford um, to live on their own after her father passed away. So she went and lived on this in this little cottage in Chawton, and I saw her writing table and it's like this big which I know nobody will be able to see but basically what I'm doing is taking my arms and making a circle and poking my fingers together <laughs> and that's how big it was that's how big, it was so tiny wow it was and I got to see her writing table um and just to think like her writing all of her books on that small space with a pen I'm like man 
an amazing thing that I don't know if anybody is patient enough anymore to do something like that. Yeah, that she was so accomplished mm-hmm. and had to do it so analog. Yeah, <laughs> on a tiny table. Yeah, and couldn't even reap any of the no. you know, acknowledgement or had to have her brother yeah. publish it for. And I think that at first people thought that her brother was the author and he was the one who was like, no, I need to give my sister credit. Wow. Yeah. He was a really after nice the guy. fact, mm-hmm. what a guy. Yeah. I'm sure it affected her a lot to have to live like that, too. Yeah. I'm sure that's part of why she was driven to r- write about those, like, relationships and right. familial situations. Yeah. And she had one, um, she had one person uh, propose to her who she, she said yes to. And then the next day, she said she took it back. He was a family friend. Um, so she had that. And then she had one uh, man who she was, the, you know, everybody's pretty sure she was in love with him and that he was in love with her. But it wasn't um, a, it, it just wasn't a match that was going to work out financially. Right. I was going to say there was some factor. There was so much in the was, way. Uh, and they both kind of knew. But who knows what happened. There is a famous letter between her and her sister, Cassandra, where she describes, like, you wouldn't. I, you would blush if you knew, you know, what me and my Irish friend were up to last night kind of thing. Whoa! And most of her letters, her sister burned after she died. So just to keep her privacy. But so who wow. knows? Who knows what Case really Candelosa. happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's super exciting. <laughs> That's so funny, especially for someone who became so well known for such romantic, like, mm-hmm. uh, relationships to have just these little snippets of her own experience in them, especially compared to how we consume uh, people who create things now. I know. (laughs) I know. It's really fun. So, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, I've been to her house and I also went to the Jane Austen Museum in Bath and I saw some of her other places where she's like resided temporarily and everything. Um, And that's. That and but yeah, when it comes to her actual life, there's so many also different accounts of what happened and everything. Yeah, so it's it's hard to know exactly what. As probably <laughs> wild amounts of like Jane Austen fan fiction, not about her books, right. <laughs> like just about what people think her life might have been. Yes, there's a movie called Becoming Jane. Oh yeah, which I just wasn't a huge fan of it, but um, starring what's her face Anne Hathaway. I knew that I recognized the title of the movie, but right. I wouldn't have been able to remember okay. who the lead was. Yeah, I I just wasn't a huge fan of it. I don't really like Anne Hathaway playing Jane Austen. It feels like a weird cast. Yeah, she doesn't. She does. She's not. She doesn't have the accent down, which always distracts me. I I get so frustrated by accent work because it just seems like you should be able. to to spend enough time Mm -hmm. to coach an actor to get it. Yeah. And I'm with you that it can be so distracting. Yeah. And sometimes with projects that don't necessitate it, I'm just like, why Mm -hmm. didn't they just let them use their native accent for how distracting this is? Right. I mean, obviously, for Becoming Jane, you want her to have that accent. (laughs) That is an exception. But it just feels like they would have taken enough time to get it airtight yeah. or 
have moments where they're like, you know, can we take that again? Like, you lost, let's, just, let's just do it again. You lost your O's there yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, that movie kind of really portrays her love affair with this Irish man. Really? So it that's really what it tries to on focus that. on? Yeah. I guess that makes sense if they're trying to, uh, like I said, kind of do some Jane Austen fanfic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, weird odd casting choice. Yeah. I feel like most of the women who have been cast as the protagonists in her uh, adaptations would have been a better choice. I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. There's so many other ones. What it, What are some of your favorites uh, among her works? So, um, oh, so for my favorite book, I mean, my favorite book is probably Pride and Prejudice, it's probably Pride and Prejudice. It's but, hard not to be, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm a very seasonal person. Um, I like to watch or read certain things of certain seasons. I love that. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, I think, is good in any season. Okay. Which is pretty huge. For It's pretty huge. <laughs> I do not give that designation to many things. That's Pride and Prejudice is one. Great. Um, so Northanger Abbey is, is my other favorite, and that's definitely a fall-time book. And fall time movie. That movie is really good. It's Felicity Jones and um, oh, I'll never f- remember the guy's name. But anyway, he's he's also like really good in it. Oh, JJ Fields. They, that's a really good movie. It's kind of a little bit cheaply made, I think. But whatever. Yeah. If it's you'll a, love it. <laughs> if it's a decent adaptation, it's so good. Who cares? It's so good. She's perfect. She's perfect as Catherine Morland. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good book, and it's got a little bit of a spooky element to it. So, right, which is what makes it a fall time thing. Okay, in my okay. opinion, I love that. I was curious as to I didn't know if it was you know there was a big change that yeah. occurred <laughs> over the course of Northanger Abbey. No, yeah, <laughs> it's just fall. You'll see. Um, <laughs> and then um, Sense and Sensibility, the book, I. I don't reread that one as often because that one's actually a little bit harder to get through. It's like, I mean, it is a sad story, mm. um, but I, there's something about the book, the pacing, that's just not as quick as like Northanger Abbey. I can knock it out really fast. Pride and Prejudice, the first time I read it, I read it in one day. Wow. <laughs> Secretly. Um, <laughs> ah, that's right. Yes. In your dorm room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, but. Um, Man, that's so funny because I got assigned this is where I confess, like, yeah, <laughs> this far into it. I got assigned Pride and Prejudice uh, for an English class in high school, and I did not finish it. Uh, totally. And I don't—it wasn't because of Pride and Prejudice. It was because of my, you know, right, academic schedule and stuff in life, yeah. I don't think I would have been able to read that in high school, first of all. And second of all— had you seen the movie no. first? Okay. I honestly, and people might, you know, be like, disagree. Tisk, tisk. Yeah, yeah. But I honestly think that, especially for your first time going to Jane Austen, um, watch the movie first because she has so many. I mean, first of all, the language is so beautiful and, and, you know, it's, it's a lot. But she has so many characters that all kind of are in their own little universe that but they was, all tie together in the end um that's like kind that of, was really hard for me yes. to i mean i've kind of always struggled with stories like that like mm-hmm. it was hard i i only read uh i've read like 
The Hobbit and The Fellowship of the Rings in my oh, youth. Oh, those are so hard. And they were so hard. It just felt so impossible to keep track of everything. Yes. Like, I can't, I'm not even really a Game of Thrones person, I think, partially yeah. because of that. Because I'm just yeah. like, there's so much, and it's just not the way that I consume stories right. that much. But I think you're right that I think if I watched one of the adaptations, I would probably be able to, like, it helps put everybody in the space better. It helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, Brian and I were listening to uh, Persuasion on Book on Tape. We had just listened to Northanger Abbey, and he had seen that movie a bunch of times, so mm-hmm. he was so into the book. And then Persuasion, he was like, I can't do this. <laughs> He's like, I can't do it. I don't get what's going on. There's nothing to... And I was like, we should watch the movie first, because it's... You'll, it just, it's hard. I get why it's hard. I actually was just wondering if book on tape would work better for me because I feel like I've gotten so used Mm -hmm. to that medium now. Yeah. Uh, And especially versus trying to read it (laughs) as a high school student. Yeah, yeah. I bet I could access them a little easier like that, especially if I had already watch the I, I think you should watch the the BBC six hour Pride and Pride okay watch an hour watch an episode every night for six nights that's easy or if <laughs> if you're feeling it and you're like I'm ready to go on to the next one watch it all in one day or whatever <laughs> split up into two three hour whatever or you need or once you get to the sixth one just wrap back just around just wrap it around <laughs> just do it again um, I mean the performance of Jennifer Ale as uh, Elizabeth is just it's just like so important <laughs> I I know that you mean that and I She's feel like so you're amazing. laughing just to like <laughs> to like couch it but Pe- people always talk about Colin Firth yeah 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 and he's also great I don't get me wrong I mean he's just great he's fantastic but I love him it's her yeah She's the one that you, you come back for I come back for her every time what do you think it is about um her protagonists and, and the way that she wrote women that and the way that they're portrayed in, in mm-hmm. the adaptations that kind of attracts you to it. Well, it's like when you think – so she – I mean, first of all, what what everybody loves about her is how she – and that's what kind of people comment on a lot is, wow, she was – you know, she died a spinster. Um, right. She was not well-to-do. She was not – out in society that much. I mean, her family would go to, they would go to, um, they went to Bath a few times. She didn't really like it. She didn't like that whole, you know, oh, like the whole, you know, going out in society and and being a part of the social scene. Um, But she wrote people so well. And she wrote, like, each character is just like, you're like, that is someone I know. To the point, in Northanger Abbey, there's this guy who's just such a douchebag. And he's like, she took a modern day, like, douchebag who's obsessed with his car and but it's an 1800s douchebag who's obsessed with his horses oh my gosh <laughs> and so it, it feels so, so satisfying yeah. that this woman realized a person mm-hmm. that you know 200 years later yep. and like she just takes these situations like for example that scene um in northanger abbey when this the um the heroine Catherine norland is in a carriage with this guy who uh thorpe is his name too Ugh. his name is thorpe 
and he's such a douchebag and he's just bragging about his carriage but he's saying things that like you know he's just saying one thing one minute and then the next thing just negating completely what he had just said before like changing Amazing. his story yeah. and it's all done in such a polite way where it's like Catherine's just like politely confused you have to like, really be paying attention yeah, to understand exactly. how much of a jagoff he's yeah. being <laughs> and like you know there's moments where she takes a minute to herself to like think about I wonder what he meant when he said this but also at the same time this That's you know what so I mean great. yeah sure and then like in Emma one of my favorite scenes is this scene where everybody goes out to pick strawberries and it's just this paragraph it's just like this page um, that describes a scene of everybody's out like talking about how delightful strawberries are and it's so nice to be in the sunshine and all this stuff and it slowly morphs from everybody having a great time picking uh, strawberries to like it's getting really hot out like this is not <laughs> as fun as I thought like these and who likes strawberries anyway you know what I mean that's so funny <laughs> yeah. oh, she's really funny that's really cool yeah. She's she's really really funny. She's really witty and smart, and and it's just really enjoyable. And I love being transported back in time. That, I think that's what I like the most. I like to think about okay, like sometimes when I'm just walking down the street, I'm like, if I were grocery shopping, you know, in the 1800s, I'd be carrying a basket instead yeah. of like this synthetic bag. Yeah. Um, I'd be going up to like people on the street and like purchasing things with coins. Like right. that's the kind of stuff I like thinking about. I love that. It, it, I'd have my reticule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd, um, you know, couldn't get a jar of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's no. all like produce yeah. and maybe cheese. And <laughs> I, I'll bet the bread tastes so much better. I bet it was, honestly, yeah. Here's a fun fact I learned about 1800s. <laughs> is people did not use toilet paper when they went poo-poo. Um, <laughs> but they had such high fiber and such healthier diets. And they like, didn't really Yeah, they didn't need much. it. Wow. They just were <laughs> pinching off clean lips. They were just like <laughs> clean. And the, because they squat over a... Oh, sure, right. The way they squat, too. It's oh. just a like clean exit. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, yeah. years later, stuffing our bodies full of trash yeah. and just <laughs> sitting... I use so much toilet paper. <laughs> comfortably on our thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's just something to think about. <laughs> that is... Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, every once in a while... I'll think I'll, you know, watch something that's a period and be like, ugh, everyone in this stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. They they were stinky. I know. That's what I think about a lot. I'm like, man, everything. I I love learning the rules of society, which is really fun, but it's also really distressing because you're like, people were so messed up. You know, um, just everything was so messed up back then. Uh, but it's just interesting to, like, learn it and to think about it. You know, I, women used to have to, when they would throw a house party, it was, like, the wife's job to stand by the door, watch everybody who's coming in and, like, memorize their rank and, like, and and pay attention to it so that they could make sure to, like, lead them into the next room in, in order, order of rank. Um, they have to make sure that, like, their bodies are facing the highest person of rank. Like, the highest person of rank should sit closest to the fireplace. If somebody higher of rank comes in, then they have to go, okay, so that means that they're going to be closer to the fireplace. And that means that person will be over there. Like, it was just a huge... Oh, my gosh. All that stuff is so silly. And, and the- yet they were looked down upon <laughs> the whole time yep. through all of that yeah. literal Mental gymnastics, yep. and just because everything had to be 
in order, I guess. <laughs> it was such a huge thing. And like ranking, sometimes it had to do with money and owning property, but then like titles were a whole different thing. Sure. So you could own all this property, but not have a title, so not be as important. <laughs> it's just crazy. That's really wild. Do you find yourself getting into uh, that? Feels like lore to me. Like it's like the yeah. lore of the Jane Austen world, yeah. even though it's kind of historically set. Right. Obviously, it's it's part of the period, but to me, that's it does. No, it's no different it's up. from like Star Wars universe. Yeah, totally. Rules. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like it's like a system of gods and goddesses. Yeah, <laughs> and demigods and. And, it should, but it's all made up. And all of it dictates the uh, storylines. For sure. I mean, Pride and Prejudice is all about Mr. Darcy is just the richest man, you know? And yeah. there's expectations. Yeah. There's just so much. I think there, there's definitely... Um, I feel like the fans of those two uh, universes, so to speak, would probably scoff at that comparison you know mm-hmm. at a base level sure uh to go well yeah but you can't you can't because this is all <laughs> yeah yeah but then th- i noticed that people who are big fans of jane austen will typically be fans of lord of the Rings, like myself <laughs> yeah i was gonna say do you uh do you like other a i guess girl. fantasy and he find mm-hmm. yourself okay. I feel like that's all tied together yeah. at a base level. Yep. Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. So it's all there. <laughs> and I mean Star Trek the the people who created Star Trek have a love of classical literature as well. Of course, right. It's all con- interconnected. Yeah. And it's almost Star Trek is almost in direct opposition to those concepts in some ways. It's like yeah. we're all supposed to be in this together. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I actually started to write, when I did a Second City ship, I started to write a novel that was a Jane Austen-type novel. Yes, I love that. (laughs) Um, Which is a dream of mine to finish. I was going to say, where is it at? (laughs) It's like, I got pretty far into it, because when you're working on those ships, your life is pretty desolate. And then for for months after, I was working on it very heavily, too. Um, But, you know, when you just... Go back and reread it, and you go, oh, I want to change so much. Yeah, I can't fathom that. I mean, all, you know, full-length works Mm -hmm. like that are such a labor of different drafts. And even if you're talking about a a screenplay or or any other collection of writing, I can't fathom how much work it would feel like with a novel to try to, like, restructure and rewrite things. Exactly. It would have to be... It's almost like writing a book is super hard yeah. and it's wild that <laughs> anyone accomplishes it. Yeah. I mean, making movies is the same way. Like, uh, I feel like it's easy to take a completed product for granted, but mm-hmm. uh, it's there's so many moving parts that, yeah. you know, somebody had to make that call to put Anne Hathaway in Becoming Jane. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm, sure, probably, I'm sure she did a fine job but I just didn't like it <laughs> yeah it probably got noted to death as a script and then it probably got noted to death as like a first draft of yeah. the edit of the movie you know it's there's no telling like where it lost its steam as a project yeah. <laughs> and it just it always 
yeah, like I said, it just feels like such an accomplishment to be able to just churn things out like that and all of them be successful. Yeah. I mean, if you think about her life, it's like when she was just living in her brother's cottage, she's just sitting there all day. It's like you get up, you kind of do your needlework, you go for a walk and, and pick whatever flowers or herbs are available that day. And then you just have hours. If nobody comes to visit, you're just sitting there. So it's kind of like being on a second city ship where, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have one thing to do that night and that's it. Yeah. So you just so uh, course, write a lot. Yeah. She just writes a ton and on a small you, table. And then you go to the gym again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might go see, like, what are the pigs doing? <laughs> that's it. I guess that's a good point, you know? They had a donkey. <laughs> That's it. You go, you come back, you write some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I went to her house, they're like, oh, here's a quilt Jane Austen made. And I'm like, oh, holy shit, she made that? Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That's I can't believe somebody made that, let alone Jane Austen herself. Yeah, right. Uh, or like, look at this lace she hand laced. Right, right. I was like, what? Pete, yes. Um, but then I'm like, but then again, that's like, that was like the extent of like a woman's education, you know? Yeah, she, you know, she she was, uh, the fact that she was writing as well as yeah. she was was just yeah. like a gift. It was just, yeah, it was like, yeah, you would go to school or just be home taught. I think she went to school for a little bit with her sister, but then was mostly home taught. And, and yeah, it's just, you kind of, you're on your own. Man, do you ever get into... Uh, I guess daydreams of that kind of writing life. I mean, <laughs> as a creative, yeah, in the yeah. same way that when you go to the grocery store, you're like, I'd have a basket. And, and for sure, <laughs> definitely. I um, when I got back from the ship, I didn't work for four months. I was like, I'm taking the time off, and it was spring, so I would like get up in the mornings and like go for a walk over by the Lincoln Park um, pond. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and just be like, here I am in nature. Right. And then I would, like, go back and sit at my desk with, like, the natural light pouring in and write. Yes. On a computer, though. <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. Uh, and probably on a much larger, mar- <laughs> probably <laughs> on a much larger desk. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, than her <laughs> sweet little personal pan-sized yep. one. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, it's definitely a little bit of, like, I gotta immerse myself. In the- or I would go home to Michigan in my mom's house. <laughs> yes, even closer to yeah. <laughs> just pure 1800s life, very close to it. I love that. English, uh, English breakfast, tea oh. at four o'clock. That was my family. Yes, no way. Oh man, beans and toast. Yep. Ah, oh. toast, jelly. Man, that is egg lovely. in a cup. <laughs> Gosh, I. Uh, recently I've been consistently finding a uh, back bacon at Mariano's Ooh. and it's a little more expensive, but it is such a treat and it really, it feels just like a hop back across that pond because yeah. <laughs> their bacon is so specifically different. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I had an Irish breakfast from, I actually was, uh, hanging out with Mark Logsdon recently. Uh, at a bar in his neighborhood, and I got Irish breakfast, and the back bacon wasn't that good. Oh, really? <laughs> I was Wait, like, it was a red lion? Uh, shoot. No, it was 
It's right by the daily. Is it the Grafton? Yeah. We got there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize they had brunch. Uh, they had Irish breakfast <gasps> at night. Oh, okay. Yes. So I went straight to it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I said, the back bacon was left a bit to be desired. Okay. Would recommend the brand from Mariano's over right. theirs. But the pudding and <gasps> the sausage were, or the bangers, uh-huh. were delicious. Okay. Really, really good. Amazing. Uh, and then the eggs, you know, and toast, that stuff was like good. It probably won't ever be as good as it is when you're actually like in right. Ireland and, and England just because all their all that stuff is so fresh. Uh, and I think that is a fun thing to think about where it's like you said, the bread was probably better. The eggs were probably better. They were just fresh milk going and grabbing that stuff and bringing it inside. (laughs) I was just in Ireland last year and it was like, we got ice cream every day because it's fantastic. We ate breakfast, like a full breakfast every day we were there because the like eggs and cheeses and stuff and everything so were just good. so good so good even just the guinness is better yeah oh well, yeah yeah i would like grab bread and wrap it i would grab bread cheese and a little bit of meat and put and just put butter on it and um wrap it in just a napkin and yeah. then put it in my bag and then later that day eat it and it's the freshest most delicious sandwich i've ever had in my life yeah i did that every day yeah there's some there are some things about the way that uh, the U.S. has, you know, become the country that it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, like, stolen certain mm-hmm. joys from yeah, us. <laughs> for sure. But I think we're slowly starting to realize those things. Like, I think there's becoming more of a yeah premium on, like, freshness and, and those yeah. smaller things as opposed to, like, mess produced uh, meals just and plastic experiences just yeah. eating plastic plastic in general plastic <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think that that's what makes the 1800s too so appealing it's just like the sim- simple times I mean they're also terrible times it's like what would I do if I had a toothache back then it'd be a nightmare maybe die yeah I'd, pro- I'd probably be dead by now um, so I probably would have died by- from a UTI oh wow yeah. you know when I think about that yeah, something that we're just like, oh, well, right. I'm getting an antibiotic and not going to Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, that would have killed me. Yeah. Or some kind and of fever. And you probably wouldn't have known what exactly it was Mm-mm. and what was causing it and how to prevent it. No. And all that stuff. I mean, even, like, Jane Austen did not live very long. No. Like, that was part of the deal. Right. <laughs> she, yeah, she died very young. Was she, was she just sick? Yeah, so they think it would have, they think it was, I think, tuberculosis, I think mm, is what they think. That sounds right. I'm like pulling out my phone like I'm going to look it up. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they were, you know what's interesting, back to Beethoven really quick, have yeah. you read Beethoven's Hair? Uh-uh. Um, so it's a an incredible book. This is just a quick plug for Beethoven's Hair. Love it. It follows the story of this lock of hair of Beethoven's. That was um, that has been passed down through history. So it like the book not only tells 
Beethoven's story. They like talk about Beethoven, but then they talk about the next composer who had this lock of hair. He chopped this lock of hair off of Beethoven like while he was on his deathbed um, Is this, and kept it. Um, fiction? No, it's all true. And wow. they, they track it and then it this lock of hair was used well, I don't want to spoil too much. <laughs> but let me just say like the Holocaust is involved. What? The, yeah. And um you learn all about this small town in the Holocaust and then this family and it was passed down and then finally it made it to these two Beethoven enthusiasts who like are obsessed with Beethoven. They're part of the Beethoven Society and all this stuff and they they decided to split this hair. So, um and they decided to get it looked at like looked at the DNA to find out what actually killed Beethoven. Whoa. And you find out. No way. It's cool. I'll I mean just go read it. <sighs> I'm in. Okay. You sold it. <laughs> but you also like keep going back and visiting Beethoven and like just learning about his life. You learn about each like family, each life. There's a little bit of a mystery that's still left a little unsolved, but uh-huh. it's so exciting. It's just exciting. <laughs> Are there any kind of uh stories like that surrounding Jane Austen, I know her first editions are really rare and sought after. I feel like that's a thing. Yeah. Um, well, she has some unfinished works, mm. which I did read recently. I didn't want to read. There's like some versions where people took it upon themselves to finish it. And I was no. like, no, I'll just read what she wrote. Sure. Um, and they're pretty fun. There's actually a movie on Amazon Prime now that was made from one of her books, um, one of her unfinished books. I'm trying to remember what the name of that movie is. Sandition is another one that I read. The Watsons was another unfinished one that I read. That one looked like it was going to get really good. And then it was Aww. just like done. And then, I know. <laughs> what a bummer. Love and Friendship is the name of the movie. Right. I did hear about yeah. Love and Friendship, and I would not have known. I didn't uh, dig deep enough to know that it was an unfinished Jane Austen mm-hmm. novel. I heard really good things about that movie. Yeah, it's it's a, it's really good. It's weird. It doesn't feel that Jane Austen-y. Interesting. It feels a little, like, dark. I, th- whoa. Okay, that makes me really want to seek mm-hmm. it out because yeah. I had, had a couple of people who's like movie opinion they're like movie buddies mm-hmm. who recommended it and i was like oh, i don't know <laughs> it's interesting but i had no idea that it was a jane austen based yeah i mean this the woman who's the kind of um like i guess not the protagonist but she's like the you know the center of the book mm-hmm. she's fight she's kind of naughty and bad <laughs> i love it She's a little bit feisty, so <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, so I recently talked to someone who has a friend who worked on a project called the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Yes. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. We know some of them um, from Star Kid. Cool. Knows some of the uh, actors from Lizzie Bennett Diaries. No way. Yeah. And so we have some a crossover with friends. Like they they do some work with some of our friends out in LA, and they're just really nice. That's it's awesome. A really nice group of women. I uh, it came up in in context with uh, the person I was talking to because their friend helped incorporate 
like fan responses into the show. Oh wow! And they like won an Emmy for their work on. Wow. I believe it's called Transmedia. Okay, it's like across different platforms of media, right? Uh, in- incorporating that because wow. of the way that they <gasps> were able to do that. Yeah, I. They're amazing. Um, I'm never really attracted to any like modernized, except for Clueless. Oh, sure. Just because Clueless on. is so good. Clueless is fantastic. Yeah. I, I will, even though I'm like not well versed in Jane Austen and I didn't even really uh, get into Clueless when it came out, I recently watched it and was like, Amazed at how it's well so it holds up. Mm-hmm. I, that was going to be my follow up question: was like, how do you get into any the modernized stuff? I don't really get into that. I I'm not into there's like the Jane Austen book club. I wasn't really into because I'm not into like just I'm not into like the modern. There's another movie where this woman goes back in time that everybody always recommends to me. Really, and I and I watched. Almost all of it. It's really long. Um, with my friend Jade, who did the Jane Austen book club with me, um, we just were watching it, and they just like reached a point where we're like, I, we gotta turn this off. Really, I just can't get into it. Huh. Um, but it's about a it's about a woman who's a huge fan of Jane Austen, which I understand why people think that will appeal to me. Sure, like, you are. You'll but get it. I'm like, no, that it's the transformative, like I'm being taken back in time kind of thing. So and the I, the fish out of water aspect mm-hmm. of it was not what you like right. about. Yeah, and I I have some. I mean, everybody has different opinions about what's their favorite movies and everything. But like, I, I often disagree with people on some of that stuff. Like, really? The only movie version of Persuasion that I like and can sit and watch and enjoy is this 1970s, like, made-for-TV BBC. It's I think it's honestly just them performing it as though it's a play and it's sure. being filmed right. with multiple cameras. It's almost like a soap opera type like wow. live feel. It's really long. It goes through every single scene of the book. It's a, a it's just t- verbatim. T to T yes. adaptation. Yeah. And also it's a little cheesy because it's obviously night like cuz in the in the late 60s early 70s like um Empire Wastes came back and kind of that regency look came back. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously just them wearing 1970s dresses, and like their hair That's is like so big funny. and poofy. It's but not they're the still Grecian style. Tr- trying to do yes, it in the world of exactly. The but I actually like that version of Persuasion. The other ones, I and I get it. Persuasion is like a very romantic book, and it's it's like, you know, it's sad. She's sad. She missed her chance to be with the man she loved and it's been years and she's seeing him again for the first time and there's tension it's dramatic it's like she's it, her story is very sad but the way Jane Austen writes is so lighthearted right. which is why I don't like you know when people I mean she's she's definitely very real and but she's funny and she's like she's just very british and it's very straightforward it's not over dramatic there's no like super intense over dramatic parts there's no like you know and then she turned around and there he was end of chapter next chapter begin none of that right it's very just like which I what I love about her so things like you know the the modern the Keira Knightley version of Pride and Prejudice too over dramatic for me really like that's not Jane Austen I don't like either of the um persuasions um there was one from the 90s that I I there's just things about it that I don't really like. There's things about it that I do like. They went for a very natural vibe. I think mm. the entire movie is filmed only using natural light. Wow. Which is cool. 
And I'm sure would give it yes, the atmosphere of it does. what it should be. And they kind of go for like they the the casting are people who are kind of considered more plain, you know mm. what I mean? Um, but there's just some parts of it that are just way too way too artsy for me. Uh, and then the um, then there's this 2011 maybe version of it that I cannot stand and I can't I've never watched the full thing. Um, wow. I it begins like to me the opening scene of persuasion is very funny or or it's like the opening chapter I can't remember if it's the very first scene but ba- basically it's this dad who's this like bumbling idiot who spent all the family's money and they're delicately trying to tell him like you're gonna have to sell your house you're going to have to sell your possessions like we're out of money but they're all doing it in such a bait like it's this group of people who are just babying him and he's going who oh. and like then they're like so we're gonna have to find someone to buy your house and he's like oh it can't be a sailor they are all rough and their their skin is rough and tumbled and it's funny because like oh of course but think about uh, think about a sailor and how you know they the things they've done for our country (laughs) and they're trying to convince him like to allow this one sailor who they know wants to live in his house to live there and like you know it's he's just so full of pride and they're dancing around it and it's really funny but the beginning scene of this movie version of persuasion is like it's like they attached a camera to the so that it's pointing at this woman's face so that everywhere she goes the camera is staying on her face and it's very close up also her hair is like greased back like it's like slicked back with two tendril hairs Ugh. coming off of it rather than like it just does not look natural it looks yeah. so 2011 like right. slicked back anyway right, right. and it's it's a woman from um from shape of the water oh sally hawkins is that who stars? She's in it? the lead. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Wow. So it's her and it's her running, running around the house, and it's like <gasps> you hear her like feet going clip, clap, 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 and like her breath, like, <gasps> and she's pulling things off the walls and writing down like how much they're worth, and it's like really intense. Like we're selling our house, and it's just this like super intense scene of that, and then um, the also the final scene, which is this very romantic scene, and. Um, arguably the most romantic scene in all of Jane Austen is this final scene where he slips her a letter or he, he writes her a letter while in a room with uh, there's all these people around in the room and he's writing her a letter and then he leaves but he comes back he's like oh I forgot my jacket and he just like slides the letter so that it's in her view and then leaves and then she opens this letter and it's this like profession of his love and then there's this moment where she's like I need to find him and then like her brother-in-law is like oh I'll walk you home and she's like damn it, I didn't want you to walk me home trying to find this guy. And right. then they like they run into each other and he's like, I'll take her from here. And it's like this beautiful moment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's really nicely done. Oh. But in this movie version, they have her like running through the streets of Bath and they have this thing where they have a camera like off in the distance and like it zooms in on her almost as though it's like paparazzi catching a person in the moment. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that I can't feels stand this. So... I can't stand it. Forced. It's, yeah. so, it's so, yeah, it's so like 2011's version of like what's romantic versus like what in Jane Austen where everybody's polite and there's this tension there, but that it's they can't. Like small it's small. It's small. Yeah. It, but you, it, you relate already, to it. Right. And they, they, they gave you what you needed mm-hmm. already. It's there. You didn't have to Just do it make, as is. Yeah. Man. It's so perfect. I totally see what you're saying. And I, I totally you know, relate to that in so many ways. It feels like so many creative projects just try to really do more than they need mm-hmm. to when 
even just you telling me that yeah. that's the you know exchange at right. the end of it is so like of course that's moving right. uh, you know with that background to it and that's all it has to be it, it just needs to be as is and and that's why even the lame 70s version mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and that's how pride and prejudice you know the book and the bbc six hour version um that's how you know, that's how it goes like where Elizabeth also has something she wants to talk to Darcy about and she has realized she loves him and she wants to she just wants to she just wants to thank him for something that he did for the family and she like she's in these social situations where he's there and she can't get him alone right. he doesn't want to look at her because he's trying to give her space because he's like she already said no to me or whatever um, they, she can't get him alone and it's like you know weeks are going by and all this stuff and they finally um like some something happens that that tells Mr. Darcy from afar, like oh she's she, there's a chance now. So he like goes with his friend Bingley to the house, and they're like let's all go for a walk. And it's another thing where it's a big group situation, and they're all just walking. And finally, like her her one sister's far enough ahead with um, Darcy's friend Bingley, and then her other sister goes, I'm gonna go run down this lane and call on my friend really quick. Be right back. And finally, they're alone. Ah. And it's this like moment, and she just is like. I can't waste any time. I just have to thank you for what you did to my family and all this stuff like that. And then he's like, we're all on the subject. Like, I'm just going to ask you one more time. And it's this like beautiful moment where she's like, everything's changed. And it's like, it's finally been, you know, all the like rules of politeness are finally like, they're allowed to just have this moment together and like find out that they love each other. Because just talking to each other is not an option back then. You know, just for her to be like, hi, can I see you? Can we have a moment to, like, alone? It's just, like, it's just not an option. It's not allowed. It's not, like, a part of society. But then, sorry, now jumping to... No, don't be sorry. This is the best. (laughs) The Kira Knightley version is, like, she wakes up in the morning and just walks out into a field and the sun is rising. And, oh, there's Mr. Darcy out there. Also, the sun is rising. They both had the same idea at the same time. And they, like, walk up to each other. And they completely, like, added in this new script where... He, like, tells her he still loves her, and she goes, well, my hands are cold, and they, like, take each other's hands, which is just not in the movie, or, I mean, not in the book. So That's so frustrating. It's, it's frustrating to me, because I'm like, she, she did it perfect. did the thing. Yeah. That's why she is who she is. That's why we want to adapt these right. stories. Why would you change those pinnacle moments yeah. like that? Even, like, man, even the first moment when he first tells her he loves her, the whole point is that he does such a bad job at it. Right. And she says, I remember no. that from reading yeah. the book. He does a really bad job at it. And she's already, like, at that point, formed an opinion of him. She thinks he's an a-hole. Because right. he acts like an a-hole. <laughs> right. So she thinks he's an a-hole. But so, you know, in the book and in the, in the like, BBC six-hour version, he's like, you have to allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. That's how he words it. And then in the movie version... He's like, I've come to tell you something. And she goes, what are you? And, and he interrupts her and goes, I love you. Ugh. Most ardently. And also it's like in the rain. It's out in the rain. And I'm like, this is just. That's so frustrating. Too much. It's, it's not what these books are. 
It's just not what it's just not Jane Austen. Right. I appreciate that movie, the Keira Knightley, for for being just kind of a like a a take on, on sure. Jane Austen, which I get. That's and maybe good. some people do read these books and see those parts as being like so mm. overdramatic in their minds. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It doesn't. I don't read it that way, and and I don't see the point in changing the script when it's so perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. That so many. So many of those, like, romantic moments would be changed so drastically. I think of those as being what people really go to Jane Austen mm-hmm. novels for mm-hmm. uh, because of, like you said, the the reservedness mm-hmm. and how, yeah, if anyone had just been able to, like, text one another, it would have made every relationship right. so wildly different. Yeah. And I'm sure that's part of what makes it feel like such a – and escape and like really getting into all the lore of that world sure. for you. Yeah. And there's so many rules. It's like you couldn't just it was so inappropriate for a um man to just come call specifically on a woman. It was like, oh I'm coming to visit the family, of course. Right. And then it's up to the family to find polite ways to leave the room. <sighs> it's so funny be you know it's so frustrating because it's just like there has to be such a big part of you just screaming like mm-hmm. just just say it. Just talk to each other. <laughs> Just be like, hey, I'm here to see your, your daughter. Right. You yeah. already know. Right. You already know. You know why I'm here. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's funny. And also her opinions vary from book to book. It's like in this book, her opinion is that's impolite. In this mm-hmm. book, she's kind of like, you know what? It's happening. You know what I mean? It's yeah. fun. It seems like she liked to explore the different ramifications mm-hmm. of her society. Right. In Emma, she's she said that she loved Emma the best because she saw herself in it the most because Emma, just like in Clueless, she's kind of like the only protagonist who's also an antagonist. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. She's the one causing all the trouble. She's the one who's like in the wrong for the whole book. Right. Um, which is, I think, the only one of her novels that actually does that. Um, and she has so many lessons to learn. But that's what makes it so fun. And like, you know, it makes her journey so much more like rich. Of course. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why it works more as a modern adaptation. Because yeah. the protagonist is more willing to you know yeah not more complex that's probably not fair but you know what i'm what i'm getting yeah yeah i don't know i've actually never seen bridget jones's diary but everyone loves it is that an adaptation yeah it's a modern um pride and prejudice oh i don't know if i would have put that together but you know colin firth makes sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh he really is such a um just such a a perfect actor for that uh that line between like humor and properness i i mm-hmm. feel like he's so well suited for the he's perfect i just love him he's really great <laughs> i mean there's so many actors in that i can't wait for you to watch the 6 hour bbc i'm going to pride and prejudice it's it's one of those things that feels like I feel ashamed that I never have. <laughs> I mean, don't feel that. Ju- all it means is that you have an adventure awaiting you. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> it is. It really is. Have uh, you ever done Avatar The Last Airbender? <laughs> no. That's another adventure that's awaiting you. And it's awaiting a lot of people. I don't know a lot of people that have done it, but... I've heard really good things about Legend of Korra as well. Yes. I think you should watch Avatar first just to like get yourself in that yeah, world. You gotta 
I, I like Avatar a little Star better than Korra. Huh. Okay. Uh, do you feel like there's anything you would be remiss not to mention where Jane Austen is concerned? Hmm. Well, I have a Jane Austen-themed bedroom. That would be the exact kind of thing I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, <laughs> so the bedroom has some postcards for them when I've visited, like, her places. Yes. I made one... Um, the first time I went to Europe, I ended the trip at Jane Austen's house. I also visited Beethoven's house on that trip, um, his Bonn, Germany house. Uh, so I made a little um, kind of collage, like decoupage collage of a bunch of different things I'd collected, but it's mostly Jane Austen stuff. I love that. So that's in that room. Like ticket stubs mm-hmm. and Yeah, there's ticket stubs. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Like the little things my cookies came in that had yes. like a beautiful artwork. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yes, I love that. So I have that. Um, I have... A Jane Austen tea towel from her house, from Jane Austen's house. And then I also have a tea towel from Bath that has a little just um, – it has like a little map on it, but everybody's Regency. And nice. It's, a really, it's really – I mean, Bath was amazing. It's exactly the same as it, it was. It really is like st- – if you want to talk about like stepping mm-hmm. into the past yeah. and and trying to imagine what it would be like, it's really – incredible how yeah. preserved it is and it how really like is. Roman it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a very specific place. It's such a magical place. Mm-hmm. Um, is This is your current bedroom that's Jane Austen? Yeah, it's, it's actually my uh, guest room. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, because we have a two bedroom mm-hmm. and the second bedroom is for um, Brian to record in his recording studio and also for my parents to stay in. Wonderful. But it's Jane Austen themed and it's so beautiful. It's got my grandma's old furniture in it. Yes, so. I was going to ask yeah. if you had any stuff from home in it. It, it looks very. The bed sheets are kind of, they're floral, they're yellow floral, but I wish that they, I wish that. More of the time. Just a little more of the times. You'll get there. I'll get, oh, one day I'll get there. Yeah. And then I also have like some framed lace and yes. some pressed flowers. Yes. You know, is... I have some bonnets hanging from a little hook on the door. Mm. Yes, I this can't. Is... Uh, this is exactly why I tried to make sure mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not any stone left unturned. Yeah. No, that's there. I I own two Regency type dresses. They're actually from the 1920s, but they're the Empire waist, and I believe they were wedding dresses. So they're they're nice, and they're they're very um, they're very Regency looking. That's awesome. So I wear those whenever I am playing somebody from Regency era, which I try to fit into my life as often as I can. That's so funny. <laughs> um, I have the reticule. I have. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I just have like little, little, be- little be- boos. <laughs> Is that ever part of your kind of like, uh, uh, you know, writer fantasy day? <laughs> you go out and, and, uh-huh. and take a walk and then come back and sit go in into Jane Austen room. room. <laughs> I do love being in that room, kind of more than my bedroom. My bedroom has. Um, like Star Trek stuff hanging up. <laughs> so it's got a different yeah, nerd vibe. A little, little bit of this, a mm-hmm. little bit of that. Yeah. I also have like a bookshelf with all the Harry Potter stuff and like my wand. <laughs> like that nerdy stuff. The part of your uh, college experience that you could tell mm-hmm. your boyfriend at the time exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. He was like, you're why still are you keeping, keeping them separate? I, you're right. Mm. I am. I don't there's know. There's something to it. There's something there. <laughs> How do you feel like your love of Jane Austen has influenced you creatively and uh, it kind of putting a pin on 
the way it's influenced your life in general? Um, well, writing that book is huge. Sure. Like choosing that to be my that big creative I, endeavor. Yeah. yeah, I had a show at I.O. for a while called Historically Accurate Comedy. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that was you pick a different theme in history and. Then all the different guests. It's a variety show. Everyone can do pick a person. I love that concept. Yeah, from history or p- person or event from history, and then do a five minute piece on that. Yeah, and like we travel through time or whatever. Most of the times I hosted, like I hosted one, the authors one as Jane Austen. Perfect. Um, I, I was I was wondering. I knew that you had hosted the one that I was supposed to do as George Washington. Yes, uh, George and, Washington. but when you said that you tried to kind of like shoehorn it <laughs> ways to wear those, mm-hmm. I was like. I I bet she did that with that historically yes, accurate show. I, yeah, I also played Caroline Herschel on Astronomy <laughs> Night. She is a Regency era astronomer. <laughs> um, I played Beethoven for Composers Night. Yes, <laughs> and I mean you can basically double the George yeah. Washington stuff, right? <laughs> exactly. So I was I was Jane for Halloween yes. once. Um, yeah, there's there's other. I've worn it a, a few times. Do you think that her writing specifically influences yours outside of trying to write that novel? I would think so. I would think so. I mean, when I'm like reading, when I I, I go through like a phase where I'll, I'll be like, oh, I gotta read a Jane Austen right now, mm-hmm. and I'll be like so into it, and it'll affect like when I'm doing improv scenes, I'll be like. You know, uh, my language, I'll be so more well-versed. Yeah. So much more well-versed in, like, my language, and I'll be able to, like, spout out being an English countryside scene or whatever and and really, really do it right. And access it and not (laughs) have it just be another scene Mm -hmm. about, like, being on Twitter or something that feels exhausting and of the time. That's really, I love that. Yeah, it's definitely in my um, aesthetic, my, like, Photography aesthetic, I love just taking photos of flowers and, and just stillness. Yeah. Um, I get, I've been lucky enough to go to England or, or at least just to the UK in general uh, like every year for a while now. I think I've gone six times. I've been to England four times, maybe five, and I'm going back, I think, again this July, um, which is nice. And every time I go, I try to like – really take it and I'll take some time off um, till afterwards of travel. We get to go for a convention. So we yeah, get invited right. and, you oh, know, get our flights paid for. And yeah. they're like, when would you like to come in and when would you like to leave? And you're like, and I'm always like, yeah, text some extra days. <laughs> yeah. And, and every time I go, I love it more. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, Monday, I'll be here permanently. I just know it. Yeah. When I was in Ireland last year, it was the first time I'd been back since college. Mm-hmm. And it was just so cool and nice yeah. and I was like nervous that it wouldn't live up to like how I remembered it mm-hmm. and it totally did and more like it was just such yeah. a magical trip and it and are are you Irish I don't know okay. <laughs> um because I feel I feel a connection to and it could just be in my head because I know like my family is English Scottish hey, Irish yeah so when I go over there I'm like this is my ancestors <laughs> yeah sure they're here you know, <laughs> exactly. And like when you go to the like the little shops and they have the coat of arms. When I see the coat of arms for the Meredith family, which yeah. is my family's last name, or no Brown, way. or Brown or Meredith, I'm like, oh, that's me. I love that. I feel like it's hard. I have just such a like, 
Mary Smith. <laughs> it's just like I'm not going to get too far in finding things that feel uniquely close yeah. to me or my experience. Uh, my dad was adopted, and I don't know much about my like ancestry in general. So, uh, do you ever I, think about doing the thingy? I do. Yeah, I, I might. Um, just out of curiosity, uh, it feels like there's got to be some kind of uh, Irish or Scottish influence yeah. in there. Well, there's some Miss Smiths in um, Jane Austen. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I got to find some ladies I can relate yeah, to. <laughs> just like connect with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thank you so much for doing this Thanks with me. for having me on. And my opinions are, you know, they're my own, and I understand <laughs> if not everyone agrees with some of my opinions on the movies. And... I was thinking that uh, I appreciate that you are a uh, critical fan. Yeah, I don't mean to be. Right. I, I, I can't help it. <laughs> I feel like I sometimes can feel myself seeming antagonistic like where being critical is concerned but it's it's like you said I don't mean to be it's just like I want I I want certain things out of projects and if they're not there it feels like that's what we should be doing yeah it's like unpacking them so like I said I appreciate that you can look at things and be like why did you do that it was already so good and simple yes and one thing I will say is, and people will be mad at me for this, everybody who's a Jane Austen fan hates the Gwyneth Paltrow Emma. Right. And I like it. Ah! So. Take that with go. you. Take it. If you like Kira Knightley and you don't like that Gwyneth Paltrow Emma, yeah. then you Just, might have to duke it out you know, with Stepien in sorry. here. <laughs> I'm sorry for who I am. It's who I am. Truly, I appreciate that. I think that makes the conversations about art and film and, and books and all this stuff mm-hmm. way more interesting yeah. if we're talking about pluses and minuses and not just like, isn't this great? It's all great. We yeah. love all the things. It's great. We're fans. Yeah. No, let's, uh, we can talk about stuff we don't like to. Yeah. So, yep, that's just me in a nutshell. <laughs> yep, that's what I think of. Somebody just tearing things down one one step at a time. It's like, how can I destroy your feelings? <laughs> yep, that's, like you said, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's you in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank, doing this. Thanks for having me. I love you, and I mean that. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> I love you, too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.